What's up, everybody? It's All-Star and World Series champ Nick Swisher here, and I'm stoked to tell you about my new podcast, The Nick Swisher Show, right here on Podcast One. If you know me, you know I've worn a lot of hats in my career, and each one of them has had highs, lows, and a whole lot of learning in between. And that's exactly what I'm bringing to this podcast. You're going to get crazy interviews with athletes from their struggles to their successes and all their unbelievable superstitions along the way. You're going to hear from hometown heroes that are stepping up to the plate and making positive change and influences in their communities. I mean, we've got scientists, coaches, comedians. I'm telling you, whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just looking for a little energy in your life, then Home Plate is right here. It's old school soul with new school vibes. It's the Nick Swisher Show, coming soon wherever you get your podcasts. All right, what are we talking about in this show? Well, they're bringing back Bullet. Yeah, yeah, it's Bullet. Bradley Cooper. Seven Up talk. We're getting some movie car. Some movie 70s car. Seventies movie yeah. cars. We take a dive into that, uh, and then modern day Lamborghini movie. We talk about the genesis and the concepts and what they're doing and uh, critiquing the new Prius, all that. First, there's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. The truth is going to mandate. Get it on. Welcome to CarCast of Amparo. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello. How are you? Hello. Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Yeah. Trying to get things wrapped up for a little bit of a... Thanksgiving break. Mm-hmm. Shit. Um, yeah. I need a pen. You need a Somebody pen that bring works? Bring me a pen. Yeah, I got the pen. I'm going <laughs> to throw it away. Throw it away. Because I usually put it back. No, no, no. There's a trash can right there. That's right. Done. Yeah. All right. What were you guys talking about off the air about uh, new and improved uh, uh, automobiles? Uh, Toyota Prius. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a new Toyota Prius. Mm-hmm. And I... I I get it. It's still hybrid, right? Because there's still there's still a market for hybrid. It doesn't have to be full EV. It's better. It's more efficient. I think the interior is better. But the automotive media seems to be losing their mind. They're like, it's stunning. It's gorgeous. It's it's like it's a new Prius. Is like and I'm like, it's not stunning. It's better, mm-hmm. but it's not stunning. It's not gorgeous. It's it's just a better. Yeah, Prius. Like it looks good. Like we'll find we'll find an image of it. We'll put up an image for it. But it's it, it's cool. It looks good, and it's a it, it's an upgrade over over what's there, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, would you would you say stunning? Well, I I you know if it's under forty grand, then you'd go. That's a pretty good looking car for under forty grand. If it starts at twenty seven k, that's a pretty nice shape for car that's under $30,000, you know, I mean, we're getting back to my diamond quilting in the seats theorem. Yeah, it won't have that. <laughs> what, what, I've, what I've been saying this entire time is, you know, I get the fire-breathing V12 lump and the seven-speed sequential gearbox yeah. and shit, then you want to make all the suspension components out of titanium, that's going to cost money. But I never really did get why the sheet metal couldn't match a, a car that was more expensive, or even even the interior. Back to the diamond stitching, you right. know, what's that ad? Forty bucks per unit, but it makes and 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 all the car companies caught on. They just yes. went, yes, we're definitely they, they, seeing that. They 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 put their head inside a Lamborghini seven years ago, and they went. Well, we can't do a mid-engine V12 and keep it at $46,000, but we can do that diamond shit. Yeah. That's not going to cost anything. Right? Yeah. So yeah. they started doing that. And and the interiors of formerly cheap cars 
went up dramatically in like the last five years. Like yes, when, when soft, soft touch materials on the dash and stuff instead of going, oh, it's expensive to stitch and coat leather. But if we do this fake kind of soft touch padded rubber thing, it's like, oh, it's got a feel. It's got grain yeah, to it. When, it's got a th- you know? when you and I were young, the interior of an inexpensive car looked inexpensive, flat out, pure and simple. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, it was still metal. You know, like if you think of your early Mustangs and stuff, you're like, it's metal on the dash with a rubber pad on the top. The seats, <laughs> the gauges, the buttons, you know, they all looked pretty shitty. As I always say, the the kind of early pioneers to the inexpensive shitbox with the decent interior were like VW Jettas and VW mm-hmm. Rabbits. Like they were sort of decent looking inside, just like take a look at the old school rabbits or jettas just like the emergency blinker button it was kind of a nice button it was in the center the the, the buttons the gauges things were a little higher yeah looked a little higher end well now shitbox cars are nice inside and then the next one is is again you can't do the v12 but you can shape the sheet metal why not give it a give it a better shape so it's good news for people who are buying their first car and, you know, their budget is 30 grand. You get something that looks pretty good and the interior's pretty, yeah. pretty nice yeah. and the thing works out. Um, also, as we discussed in the past as well, I think we were at the era at the beginning when uh, an electric car and or a hybrid car they were supposed to look like electric cars and hybrid cars because that was technology. And even though they were a little bit funky town, the rims were always a little bit funky. You know, there was no reason to make the rims funky on an electric car versus a gas powered car. But they were like, we are an electric car and you're going to know it now. And, you know, Audi, Mercedes certainly has led the charge where they're like, we want a beautiful sedan. That happens to be electric. Yeah. Now, we're still pushing those limits. Like, yeah, back in the day, I thought all the future electric cars would look like everything from Demolition Man. Right, right, right. (laughs) You know, but uh, we are finding that uh, the arrow of these cars needs to be efficient. And then the wind noise of those cars needs to be drastically reduced. We can't hide you know, the the mirror noise, you know, right. with an engine. So now you're, right. you're paying attention to a lot of those things. Um, and surprisingly, though, the arrow on the wheels was something that we saw in racing, never cared about on streetcars, but is now becoming a factor again with EVs because we're trying to milk every little bit of range out of it. But I don't know why we still don't care on any other car, right? People are going, hey, the new Prius needs to get 50 miles to the gallon, but it, but you can put any wheel you want on it. And we're like, well, I mean, I guess there's – it's funny because the the sort of closed-off wheel that always had a hubcap feel to it seemed cheap. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to going to hubcaps just for the aero effect. Right. And they're not hubcaps. Right. Well, it or doesn't have they? to be a full solid wheel. Like on, on my Ford Lightning, it's got a big wheel and it's not – attractive at all and yeah that's a cast wheel but i i'm not sure like if you if you went up on the new lucid mm-hmm. and is that wheel like a cast wheel or is it some sort of combination does it have some sort of plastic covers because yeah. they want to be very lightweight and replaceable yeah, I don't know. I I think the stuff yeah, is know. cast, but it would now we'd have to kind of replace the term hubcap with like hub shield or something. Yeah, yeah, which, arrow shield, which something. is kind of yeah. what's old is new again. Because if you take a look at some of those IMSA cars and yeah. Trans Am cars from the eighties, the the race cars, they'd have that cover. Right. Like, the, think of your 935 that had the original finned, you know, cover. Well, there was the finned, and then there was finned with the front cover, where in, in the front especially to try to draw in yeah. more air and whatever. Um, and the, the GM, like EV1, when that came out long ago, and they were figuring that out, mm-hmm. that was like like full-on skirts on the rear wheels. You couldn't mm-hmm. do them in the front because you got to turn. Mm-hmm. But they were like, "Oh, we're going full arrow, yeah." But, you know, with the old school kind of 
skirts on the wheel. So um, anyway, I, I the, the Prius is was one of the things new at the LA Auto Show. It looks significantly better. I like the interior. It's got gauges in front of you now. There's definitely some upgrades. They say it's going to be more efficient. It's going to be quicker. Uh, so it's what's got, the range? Do they say? So I don't know because it's 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 hybrid. So I mean, it's more about miles per gallon. What do you get miles per gallon in your car, Chris? What do you think? He can't drive his car because he doesn't have a catalytic he doesn't have converter. A catalytic. Back in the day, yeah, back <laughs> when you used to drive your car, it's probably like I mean, probably like forty, forty-five. Yeah, I think the new one. I I was told fifty plus miles per gallon. It's gonna it's gonna be a noticeable jump. Yeah, it's a nice efficiency, but also be quicker all around. For under thirty, it's a it's, and it's a gonna, nice looking car. It's gonna car. have a tiny little, you know, gas engine, you know, to power that that the hybrid technology, so you don't have to stop. And there's probably gonna be a plug-in hybrid version. The as gas, well. uh, the tiny gas engine, is powering the batteries or powering the wheels. And then the next question is: is does it have the plug-in, even though it's hybrid? Yeah, so I, I don't know specifically if there's a plug-in hybrid version. Oh, um, well, if not, it's coming, right? Yeah, I mean, there is a plug-in hybrid version of, of the Prius, but this new Prius, I, I'm not exactly sure all of of how they're going to roll that out. But I don't think there's going to be a full EV version of it because they've mm-hmm. got other things in their lineup that'll mm-hmm. be full EV. But it's interesting, and it looks you know, it looks better. <laughs> so in other news, uh, Spielberg and Bradley Cooper bringing back Bullet. Yeah, so I wanted to bring this up. Um, it's obviously people have been thinking for a long time, why isn't there a remake of Bullet or something Bullet? Now, first the question is, well, uh, Steven Spielberg and Bradley Cooper are producing. Spielberg wants to direct. He wants Cooper to play the, the, the lead role. Uh, it's not going to be a reboot. It's going to be based on the characters, but it's not a re. I'm sorry, it's not a remake of the original movie. They're mm-hmm. not going to redo that. Because one of my questions was: Was the original movie that good? I nobody knows. Or was the car chase awesome? If it was a '70s cop film, <laughs> it wasn't good. Those movies, you know, the Dirty Harrys and the Magnum Forces and the Bullets and mm-hmm. maybe, the, you know, French Connection was probably better. They, they had a lot. There's a movie called The Seven Ups. Okay. With like Not Roy, with that. Roy Scheider in it. Yeah. Find the trailer for The Seven Ups. Uh, that was another, you know, they what they would do is they'd have a cop. He played by his own rules. He argued with everyone and there was a there was a car chase in the middle of it yeah. somewhere. I, and I'd watch that. The Just based on that, I'd watch it. I think the 7-Ups had had a car chase where a car slid like under a semi-truck and it took the roof off or something like that. Yeah. They needed like one good move, one good gag, you know, yeah, for yeah. the trailer. And that'd be kind of enough to get people's in, people into the theater. Now, I don't think Bullet was a great a great film. I'm still pissed that i went and pitched ford ford wanted to do a integration and they wanted me in it and blah 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 and i i came up with this angle we haven't talked about it a while but i just i just loved it and the angle was kind of the lost footage from bullet yeah and uh, a lot of people don't know that steve mcqueen had a passenger in that car and that passenger was an actor who was my dad in the seventies, <laughs> and we've now have the lost footage of it, yeah. and it's you know me in a big afro wig, you playing your dad, yeah, and okay. a turtleneck with a with a with a black leather jacket, and a, you know, uh, you know, big medallion hanging around it, with a mustache, yeah. you know, and it's just me screaming and hanging on, you know, slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> And then they'd show him like launch over the hill in San Francisco, and they'd cut back to me. I'd be upside down in the seat, <laughs> screaming at him, yeah. "Stop the car! We got his license plate." You know, yeah. Why do we keep chasing him? <laughs> <laughs> we could just call somebody. Call the helicopter. <laughs> we could do this without. Why do we keep chasing him? Interstitial, you know, with with shots of me trying to drink out of a commuter mug and having it <laughs> slop all over me, you know. It would have been a funny bit. Yeah, that would have been great. And I think it was for Bullet's 50th year or something. Yeah, they, something and like they brought that. back the the car. They've done a few special yeah, editions it of was, the Bullet. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't a great movie. I don't know. Chris can also check Bullet on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't a great film. And I will tell you this. 
Um, it's car, forgetful. Like the, 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 no one the remembers scene. any other scene than the car chase. That's right. And, and the car itself is a piece of shit. But the, I don't think anybody will – we will never be able to recreate the 70s car chase scenes. And the reason we won't be able to do that is because – suspension and tires and brakes are like too good now yeah. i mean you can have your fast and furious like real zoom zoomy stuff but you'll never get that pitched sideways chatter in the rear wheels car leaning hard because it didn't have any kind of suspension <laughs> on it everything was a, a live rear axle i mean the two cars the charger or the challenger and the bullet is 98% of the goddamn critics and 85 of the people. And maybe it was a great movie. Maybe, I, mean, I don't even remember. 98% of the... Yeah. All right. It's a great car chase scene. And that's what, Boat. you know, like, is Ronin a really good movie? It's good. But the car chases and the sounds make that both, good. Both cars in that scene had live rear axles, bias ply tires, um leaf springs and drums in the rear and no sway bars or anything to be found. So the cars would slide around every corner and lean. And it's like you watch, you know, when I uh, was a kid, I loved the beginning of Starcy and Hutch because the guy had the the Grand Torino. And it was like, you watch it now, that car's going 18 miles around a corner in, in L.A. and pitch the guy's pitched it yeah. sideways and he's burning out. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like a guy in that Prius would just go right past him. Right past him. With no chatter, no squeal. <laughs> He'd be drinking a Starbucks. There'd be nothing. But the body roll itself and the suspension travel and all that kind of stuff, it, it just made for crazy car chase scenes. I mean – I It'd be hilarious if Spielberg's like, we're doing the Dodge Charger Banshee EV versus the Mustang Mach-E EV. <laughs> and it was a completely quiet JC. It was just we, a lot of guys bitching in the background. We have the 7-Up uh, trailer. All right. You never heard of this. No, no. The great Roy Scheider. All right. So already starts with a car. Car wash. A Lincoln going through the old school car wash. When organized crime becomes so clever that the police are forced to take desperate measures, it becomes hard to tell the cops from the killers. Quick, Bobby! Bobby, get him! Roy Scheider. In the French Connection, he helped to crack a $32 million dope ring. Now he's back, leading a new team of undercover super cops, even more ruthless than the mob they're gunning for. The 7-Up. The dirty trick squad that even the regular police are afraid of. The regular police. Policeman in your car. I'm a hurt bad. <laughs> Who shot your car, Mark? They bust you. I like the idea that he needs this. They break you. They make you beg for a nice, safe stretch in prison. Seven <laughs> years and up. Who were those guys? Seven that years and my up. partner in the back seat of the car. The guy you iced was a cop. <laughs> okay, so he was a that cop. That guy was a bad guy. That guy's always the bad guy. Car chase. Yep. Now, from the producer of Bullet and the French Connection. There you go. speed ride with the, the strong arm of the law. The seven ups. I told you, body roll. Oh, my God. What? What? <laughs> The kids flying everywhere. Oh, the old take the door off gag. Yeah. Is he going to jump a bridge? You could just start shooting at cars back then if you were caught. <laughs> oh, the hood blow off. Yeah. Remember the old hood blow off? It's a matter of kill yep. or be killed. And once the seven ups are on your tail, there's only one way to get them off. There used to be the shotgun with the hood the blowing off. Yeah. And the French Good connection move. brings oh, you here it the is. ultimate chase. Oh, that's seven ups. It's all we needed. Man, I need to watch that now. All you needed back then, one good gag. I told you. I was 10 when that shit came out. I never saw it in the theater. I I was I was nine, eight or nine when that shit came out. I never saw it in the theater. I still remember that gag where the car, I told you, the car went under a semi and got the roof semi. taken off. Yeah. 
That's all you needed back then. That movie looks fantastic. It's, a- <laughs> <laughs> it's first of all, you you know exactly what the movie's going to be just by watching the trailer. You're like, I get it. I just yes. got to watch ninety minutes of that trailer, mm-hmm. and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, they use the same stunt coordinator's bullet. I knew there was some sort of connection between the French connection and yes. Bullet. I feel and like the that was a ups. small club to be in back in the seventies, right? Like yeah. doing those types of mm-hmm. action films. Like somebody's jumping around, like a DP or a stunt guy. Like they're all they're hitting, you know, uh, all of those movies. They're all getting. Yeah, it's like things. when you need your lacquer with the patina reproduce you go find mr cartoon <laughs> and there's like not many other guys yeah who are gonna do that yeah and that's yeah. that's that's what it was never heard of the seven ups roy scheider that was action baby i don't know the name of that bad guy with the weird looking face but he was a bad guy in everything in that era like i just... i've done a deep dive on that guy before yeah. he was he burned himself badly okay in, in the face he went full leno <laughs> but they didn't have the didn't have the procedures now to fix him up. So he had like facial scarring. He was an actor who you could tell was a good looking guy, but he had these burns all on his neck and in his mm-hmm. face. I think I did a dive on that guy uh, several years ago, and I think it was suicide. That that where the burns came from. I, I don't think oh, he it, like attempted a suicide. I don't think it was a thing where it's like, oh, he was messing with his Bunsen burner and it blew up on him or, you know, Jay Leno messing around in the shop. And I think I think there was a suicide attempt and he burned his face. Yeah. So he had this kind of disfigured face. Yeah, but kind of like the flat kind of stretched skin like they did something. And then what Hollywood did and it's the same thing they do with acne scarring. They just go, well, that guy's a bad dude. That guy's a bad guy now. Look at his face. Yeah. <laughs> and they just go, he will then be the bad dude in every movie. I, it's, it's weird how he got to that point, right? Like, ugh. Well, once you, do, once you get the scarred face, you're out of the leading man category and you're into the heavy. And then once... They used to recycle the same guys. The same fat yeah. guy would play. If you're a fat guy with a beard, you played a biker in every single sitcom and every mm-hmm. every which way mm-hmm. but loose, every Clint Eastwood movie. Like you were just yeah. And I know the guy, guy you're talking about. Yeah, fat, fat guy, guy, biker guy, yeah. beard guy. Yeah, that that's all. There were like, and then or you could be clean shaven, bald guy, biker guy. Mm-hmm. There was that guy. There was like four guys who just. This guy was just the I burnt my face guy. So now I'm the bad guy in every every movie. Yeah. Huh. Richard Lynch burned himself. Richard Lynch was his okay. name. Burned himself on LSD before he was in a movie. Oh, so, so maybe not a necessarily attempted suicide, but definitely self-induced in a way. I was like, I, my memory was kind of going, he burned himself. And then I went to suicide. I forgot about the, he got the high LSD. as a kite. But he still got high and like lit himself on fire. Yeah. Well. Or something. And then he got a bunch of work. <laughs> and then he got a bunch <laughs> yeah, of work. It's kind of weird how that as the happened. evil guy yeah. with the burned face. And I Yeah, is he he's not still alive. No, right? I think he He died uh, in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve, yeah. He was like a New York actor guy. I mean he I've never seen pictures of him yeah. before the burn face, but I don't know if he tried to kill himself, but he did. L- he he just it, all it says is he set himself on fire. Well, I'm going. I'm drugs. going correct. I'm putting. Up, I'm checking my box for setting listen, himself on fire. If you remembered fire. it, then it's probably something you found in when you were I don't know googling this shit over cocktails one night. <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out why you deep dive this guy. <laughs> But I, deep, I would too. I would literally I deep be watching this guy it. because he was every bad guy in every seventies movie, and and Starsky and Hutch, and every team Mannix, and every bad guy. This guy was the bad guy, and he was only the bad guy because he had a burnt face. Yeah, I. I what did he work before that? I mean, I'm curious if he had an acting career before that. Had he done anything, or was you know was he a a waiter or? 
or, you know, was he a mechanic or something? You know, I'm just kind of curious. Nothing. He yeah. set himself on fire and then he started working. Then he started working. That's, yeah. that's a weird. Yeah, he ignited his gasoline-soaked clothing. Um, but he, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't say. And then right after that, just started rolling the grass in an effort to uh, smother the flames. Um, what brought Lynch to set himself ablaze, quote, I was a fool. No, that's not completely true. Um, my dad was a big alcoholic, and he died in a tragic way. I was on all kinds of drugs, and I pumped every kind of drug into myself. So, yeah, it was just out of But he mind. sounded like he was in a bad place yeah. on drugs. So you're, you're probably right. It was some sort of. I'm going to argue, unless you're protesting the Vietnam War, when you set yourself on fire, that's a suicide attempt. That's a suicide attempt. I'm going to give myself a correct on that. And then he just started working. It's this weird, weird career path, life path. Yeah. Just a weird trajectory right there. He did. I mean, his IMDb has to be crazy of 70s heavies movies. All right. Well, we'll let. let but anyway, uh, uh, real quick, you spoke to to Jay. He seems to be doing well. Leno's doing better. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, home. He's and, out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's p- pictures going around, and um, uh, he was in Baywatch. <laughs> he did everything. This yeah, guy. he um, never stopped working. Yeah, well, after he lit himself on fire. <laughs> yeah, after he lit himself on fire. I'm curious, how did he die? Was he old? Was it? Was it? Uh, t- what I mean is, this is like a like a 2000 and, 2012 is old enough for a guy who is in his 30s with Roy yeah. Scheider in a movie from right. 1973. He just what I'm saying is yeah, it sounds like he just went the distance. Yeah, yeah, died of a heart attack. He yeah. was like 82 or something. I mean, could have been 72, 72. Oh, but, he, so he was young right, when he was so, with Roy Scheider. Yeah. So he started working right after he lit himself on fire. So, <laughs> so weird. But look, the fat biker guy with the beard probably didn't work much when he was thin and clean shaven. Right. You got to make a. Right. You got to make a move. Uh, so how many movies was A Team, Vegas, Star Trek, The Next Generation, Battlestar Galactica, The Seven Up, Scarecrow, Scarecrow, uh, Little Nikita, Bad Dreams, uh, God. Told me to yeah, but like you said, Starsky, Starsky and Hutch, Hutch TJ Hooker, every B- bad Beretta, guy. In TV series, I, I knew it. I, I don't know. That's what they do. This guy, this guy's a bad guy. Yeah, every TV show back then that was any sort of action cop related. And, and also, the thing guy. about TV shows back then is, you know, they'd go, you know, the Starsky and Hutch guys would go, "Let's get this guy to play the heavy," and then someone would raise their hand and go, "He was in Beretta's the heavy last week." Yeah. 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 I know. That's why we want him. <laughs> and they go, but that's on another network. And in that one, he was playing a brother who was avenging the death of his sister by mobsters. In this one, you want him to, you want to make him a drug leader, a drug kingpin from Panama. Yeah. 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 He was, it yeah. works. It works. <laughs> it He's works. heavy in everything. The, the, the other guy that always, Pops in my head of the similar character, and I don't remember his name, but you, you'll probably remember him. He was in The Untouchables. He was a bad guy, and he had the white suit that I think Kevin Costner threw off the roof toward the end. Mm-hmm. Right? And that guy, you'll be like, oh, I've seen that guy. He probably was in all the same TV shows and in Chuck Norris movies as a bad guy. He might have been in... Uh, yeah. Uh, this guy here. Yeah, you yeah. had to have a his thin, he, evil face. Yeah. That it, would get you a long way. Or uh, acne scarring. You yes. could just have scarring from zits from when you are in high school. Unless you're Edward James Olmos. Yes, he, he managed to break free. <laughs> he was a good guy. <laughs> so they're bringing back Bullet, but it's not going to be Bullet, but who cares? But it, it was just kind of like... This had to have been in the making for a long time. Like, why hasn't been this this ha- Hackman hasn't been done before? There are so many guys that could have done this back in the eighties, right? You could have, you know, anyone from a from a a, a Stallone, a, a, a Mel Gibson, like like you know we're, Bruce we're, Willis. We're on a weird long game with a lot of this stuff, whether it's. Freddie Mercury or or Bullet or whatever. Like, you would think that the follow-up would happen five years later or three years after the comedian died or three years Mm -hmm. after the lead singer died or something. And it's like, it's 30 years. 
Yeah, and or, and or a, more. This is, this is 50 years. Line. Yeah, now, it was based on a book. The, the movie was based on a book, and you never know what's going on with like people's estates and who owns what. And, yes, and there's how do you always get, that. How do you get rights to this and yeah. that? There's a lot of that I mean, type of arguing. Andy Kaufman was gone for like 25 years yeah. before. They just... It's just a super long it's, game. Right. Now, I also read that uh, Chad McQueen and I think his sister are going to be executive producers on the film. Right. But which was weird to me because I was like, other than other than Steve McQueen being in the film, was was he an owner of the film? Was he a producer of the film? You know, like who owned the film? Like Oh, you're talking uh, about yeah, the like McQueen why, estate? Why, why does why does Chad McQueen and the sister need to be EPs? I mean, it's great, it's fine. And well, all right, they make l- some money. But let me explain Hollywood to you. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike construction sites, like I worked on construction sites for years and years and years. There were there were carpenters, there were laborers, and then there were subs. And, you know, so you'd be framing and the electri- the, the electrician would be pulling wire, running, co- uh, run, running flex or whatever. He'd be, they'd be behind you. You'd put the ceiling joists in. They'd start putting the can, roughing in the can lights and stuff like that. And then when they were done, the drywallers would show up. But everyone had something to do. Hollywood would be like a construction site where there were like, three or four guys working and like 86 guys just sitting around. Yeah. Fucking talking shit. <laughs> just, Those just, are all the EPs. Just doing nothing. <laughs> Those are all the executive yeah, producers. And, and you, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You just go make that guy an EP and then we'll have the, we'll have the name on it. Yeah. And then uh, we'll have the McQueen name on it. We'll and have to do a bunch of press maybe And later. then, yeah, we'll put them out there and I'll go, yeah. it's, it's blessed by the family. And then they'll, they'll do a bunch of stuff. Or like my dad would have been proud, you know? Yeah. And, and that's it. And it doesn't, we don't care. It doesn't really cost us anything. Like every every agent and every manager becomes an EP of every fucking TV show. And the reason they become a, a EP, an executive producer, whatever, associate producer, junior producer, like whatever the fuck, these titles don't mean anything. The, yeah. the reason they are is so the talent doesn't have to pay them. Right. They'll get their money from the studio or production yeah, so company you go, or whatever. William Morris, uh, you guys, Mark Itkin, Howard Lapidus, you guys be uh, EP over on Loveline or The Man Show, and then I'll keep my 10% or 15% or what I was going to give to you. You can get out, of the, exactly. get out of the budget. Right, right. So now you got all these non-writing producers just showing up. The yeah. guys who do all the work, like Kevin Hench, hate these fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Because not only do they not do anything... Yeah. Some of them feel compelled to show up and kind of pretend like they're doing something. So they don't do anything like all week. And then they show up for the run through on Friday and they sit in the bleachers and then they come down and they put in their two cents and they're never fucking funny and they've never contributed anything. And it bugs the shit out of the people that were there, you know, till three in the morning in the writer's room. Yeah. Taking, getting notes from the network. It'd be way better if they didn't show up at all. Or if they just sat there and they go, good job. See you next week. <laughs> they they usually show up on tape day and yeah. eat. Yeah. They, like when, when you break for lunch, <laughs> they're in front of you. Because you're on the stage working and they're standing around craft service. So then when you break for lunch, they're in front of you in, in line. Even though they pulled up 20 minutes ago. Get paid it's, to eat. It's awesome. <laughs> so... They don't need the McQueen, but but they don't really pay them anything. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So they just throw them this fucking unlimited bone of we can make I can make my fucking dog EP. And, and listen, what you hope is they get to do the rounds on the on the PR, and then they start to start licensing and selling a bunch of memorabilia and stuff like that, and yeah. and makes them on the back end. All right. So the question though is this. Should forget about the the bad guy portion of it. That's a different issue. But should the new bullet, should the new lead be in an old car or a new car? Should be should he be rolling out in the Highland Green twenty twenty three Ford Mustang Dark Horse, or should they get him back in the you know into the old Mustang? The 68. 69, 68, 68 fastback yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 
I mean, you kind of got that Fast and Furious Vin Diesel pulling the Charger or right. the Challenger. I'll never know out of the fucking yeah. pulling the tarp off the thing. Yeah, that's I think charger. I think you need the pull the tarp scene. Yeah. I, so maybe he's not always driving it in the movie, but there's a point where he drives it in the movie. You're yes, right. I think I think they, you know, I think you have to have the scene where the city of San Francisco has required all municipal vehicles to be electric and our stars like struggling with it where it's like he runs yeah. out of battery in the middle of it. <laughs> he's chasing someone and the thing runs out of battery and there's no charging station and whatever. And the guy gets away again. It'd be great if they both had to stop and they just put their chase on hold. So they yeah. charge up, have Quick a burger, charge. get back in the car. And yeah. There's that scene. At a and then there's lot. the scene early in act three where in slow motion, he pulls the parachute yeah. off the thing and he turns the lights on in the garage and they make, noises when the lights come on tick tick tink mm-hmm. tink you know like lights in the stadium when they go clunk 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 you know <laughs> yeah. they pull it off so, every time i hear that like these things are terrible and there it is <laughs> these lights are and terrible. even though it's been sitting since his dad died yeah all the tires are inflated and it, it cranks right and up. catches on the first turn and the paint is everything's nice. perfect it's just perfect. boom and he just perfect. fires it yeah, that's yeah. the scene. He's been banned from the racing circuit for that, life. That's, that's right. <laughs> All right, what else going on in the car world? Uh, uh, a little bit about the LA Auto Show. Um, as we pointed out in the in the other episodes, uh, you know, with with Goldberg and stuff, we talked about how noticeably absent has been a lot of the big luxury brands. They, I don't know, maybe they just don't want to spend the money. They're not feeling the need, but. Uh, the BMWs, Audis, Jaguar, Land Rovers, Maseratis, like there's a you know a bunch of these brands that are Cadillac, you mm-hmm. know, uh, weren't really there. And the lay of the land, uh, lay of the land was a bit different. It was more experiential. Uh, like mm-hmm. all of Stellantis, the whole Jeep and thing going on. It was what's it was, Stellantis? That's the parent company for Jeep, Dodge, Chrysler, and oh, Alpha, okay. Maserati. Where are they out of? Well, they still have a uh, they're a European company, but right. Uh, uh, they had just like driving courses and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff and take mm-hmm. the Jeep up on the fake rocks and mm-hmm. and do a bit of that. But uh, Genesis, to me, kind of stole the show. Now, the, the, the whole family of vehicles, Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis, was kind of interesting. Genesis brought out this concept car. I think it's called the X. They brought out this convertible. It's really gorgeous. Uh, it's a great design, great line Beautiful. to it. The interior is fantastic. The wheels really, really stand Beautiful. out. Yeah, and uh, this thing just got a lot of attention, um, uh, and it really kind of shows what how Genesis is one of the brands that really positioned themselves as a viable luxury vehicle. And right now, where you know, with inflation and and things. Kind of, we're kind of watching our money in our pocket. This is now becoming a badge of honor of you know going. Oh, I didn't get the Mercedes; I got the Genesis. This is the smart move. This mm-hmm. is the more cost efficient luxury move. Yeah, you know, um, uh, this thing was cool. And then the new vehicles that they were rolling out, uh, especially the EVs, it's going to be interesting. It's going to make a play. I. Uh, we talked about the the Prius as well. That's going to be a big seller. Yeah, Genesis is really knocking it out of the ballpark. They just are. I see them on the street. Um, we've talked about them in the past. I, I like these stories. I don't have any particular allegiance to Genesis. I like it when a company can say, here's what we're going to do. It's not going to happen in a year. It's not going to happen in three years, but it's going to happen. And we're going to, yeah. and, and you know what, what Genesis has done is they've really stayed the course. They're like, we want a design to look sleek and modern and, and sort of robust. Their stuff doesn't look tinny or light. It looks strong. You yeah. know, when you, when you see that it's sort of that model, like when Audi does an SUV or Mercedes does an SUV or Bentley or Lamborghini, they look sort of stout. They look they look muscular, but they look nimble too. Right, right. And and Genesis kind of they they kind of just followed along. They just went like we want to look modern and sleek, but also kind of muscular. And 
they've just been hitting it out of the ballpark. And and also, you know, memories are short. And it's like I got a couple of 16-year-olds. They don't know what the fuck a Genesis started as. Mm -hmm. They don't know where they're from. They don't know the difference between this and that. All they know is, you know, in a few years, if they want to get a luxury vehicle, they're just going to go, I like this one. That's it. Yeah, and the 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 overall direction of the company, you're spot on. You're like, this is where we want to be in five years or 10 years. This is where we want to compete with. And then they started pulling, you know, uh, they started poaching people like a, a, a designer from, from Lamborghini and Volkswagen. I, you know, and- I'm looking at this concept vehicle, and that's the first thing I, I said is they must be grabbing guys to – they must be headhunting. They're cherry picking. Not only are they grabbing guys, designers and, and BMW suspension engineers, but they're letting them do what they need to do. Right. They're not bringing them in and going, now do it my way. They're right. like, how should we do this? How do we get this? How do we compete? You've been a yes. suspension engineer at BMW for 20 years. Yeah. How do we make a Genesis compete with a 3 Series? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I know how. Right. <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. they're let, they're hiring these guys and they're letting them do what they need to do. And look at the product they're turning out. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know, It's I kind of like seeing that. And although they're a big company, they kind of treat it like a small company. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. So Where are they physically manufactured? Korea. Wow. Yeah. They're just hitting it out of the ballpark they had a big presence there they were winning the awards their their big sedan uh was gorgeous um there's a few models where the the big grill doesn't quite work for me um, mm-hmm. but but they're doing a good job and they're doing interesting things with the other brands like for hyundai instead of like going hey bmw this is your design now make it small cars make it big cars make it suvs you know mm-hmm. but that's your design right for for hyundai they're like no oh, we can mix it up the ionic 5 and the ionic 6 that we you know we mentioned on uh, the show with uh with alistair weaver is like completely different designs basically kind of similar underpinnings but completely mm-hmm. different designs one's all sharp and edgy it's got a fighter jet look the other's got this kind of Mercedes CLS look to it. So mm. not everything has to look the same just because you're the same brand, mm-hmm. right? Like here's the Ionic 6. Mm-hmm. And then if you find a picture of an Ionic 5, uh, the Ionic 6 is interesting. I just don't like the way it swoops down on the back. So the yeah. design isn't yeah. the best, but the a good. Rim, the rims are a little funky. A little funky. That, I'll tell you the one thing about that Genesis is fantastic looking rims that's on that concept car you, you don't so see good, that rim. good rims that often uh, but the reality is is all you have to do is go back and look at some bbs shit some vintage bbs shit yeah and kind of go and and even some newer bbs stuff and go oh yeah that's kind of where we want to be yeah which this has shades of of bbs in it. And it and it does and it has a little bit sort of the modern take on it would be what if we could 3D print a wheel like if BBS was 3D printing a wheel now what would mm-hmm. be sort of the modern take on it and I think you end up with something like this uh, Chris you can look up uh, Lamborghini the movie which uh, I saw on pay-per-view the other night and uh, I'll get into in a second first I'll tell you about uh, better help the show Sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. There's uh, no user manual for life when uh, yours isn't working. It's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause and learn productive coping skills. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists, convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere. 100% online. Uh, Look, everyone. If the last few years have taught us anything, it's that you got to get your head right before you can uh, get on with the rest of life. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. A match. It'll, they'll match you with a therapist. If things aren't exactly uh, clicking, it's easy to switch a therapist to a new therapist anytime. No waiting rooms, traffic, or endless search for the right therapist. It's BetterHelp, right, Matt? Yeah, you know, get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CarCast. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash CarCast. Um, so I watch Lamborghini, the man behind uh, the man behind the legend. Um, Frank Grillo is a friend of mine now, uh, starred in it. And he did a nice job because yeah. Frank Grillo's good. I like his movies. He's done good stuff. He's a really cool dude. Talked to him a lot. 
Um, Gabriel Byrne as Enzo Ferrari. Um, it was at zero on Rotten Tomatoes when I looked it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's now, I guess, up to 11% uh, with the critics and uh, 25 with the people. Um, I didn't even know this came out. Like, I heard about it, and I didn't know it was out already. Like, wh- where is it? It was just popped up on my pay-per-view satellite thing, and it said Lamborghini. And I was like, oh, I'm clicking this. Yeah. I got to see it. And, you know, I was know very much uh, Lamborghini and kind of enjoyed it from a historical standpoint. But uh, not a great film. Not a great film. No. Okay. That's kind of why nobody knew about it. <laughs> Filled in a few uh, nuts and bolts. I got to say, I'm surprised it popped up to 11. Must have got like one good review. Well, on... there's a friends and family factor <laughs> <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, someone uh, gave it a three out of five. One person. Uh, yeah, there's nine reviews. One person. Yeah. All right. So what happened was I saw it two days ago, and that one person didn't give it a three <laughs> out of five. <laughs> and who's that? Tony Bucciolini <laughs> from Tuscany. Was <laughs> oh, that Aldo Celli? Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Uh, but how, so not a great film. But w- w- Frank's good in it. Uh, not a good film. Uh, Gabriel Burns, good actor. He's, he's yeah. Good they were they were fine. It just it wasn't a good film. But but Frank was good. It just wasn't. I don't know the budget. It looked kind of slapped together. It had this. It just just wasn't good. But Did have any good cars in it. Uh, it had a 350 in it and a and a Mira at the end with the wrong rims in the back. Early on in production, Antonio Banderas was supposed to play Lamborghini, and Alec Baldwin was confirmed to play Enzo Ferrari. I don't know what the budget was for this thing, but something they couldn't get those guys. Something happened. <laughs> they were they ran out of money. Those were two expensive guys. They had this whole scene where a Countach was in like almost a dream sequence or something was going up against but they used uh, a ferrari um mondial oh okay yeah and so they had this ferrari mondial that that enzo was driving and they had this countach that uh lamborghini was driving and that the mondial was like whooping up on him the whole time that car's a, a, just a straight up slug I mean, that that car's the the Mondial. You picturing yeah. the Mondial? Yeah, no, I know it because I saw Weird Science. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you could find that yeah. all day long for forty one thousand yeah. dollars on Bring a Trailer. Like uh, uh, the Mondial's zero to sixties eight seconds or yeah. something. I mean, that thing's just a flat out slug. And so him in the in the in the in the Lambo. Are going at it. We'll, uh, oh, let's see, we got a little clip here. Mm-hmm. He's gonna look at the yeah, look at the clip. They're they're but, going at it, but uh, the Mondial's not gonna keep up with the Countach. Yeah, but anyway. But you're right. Like you, you get Alec Baldwin and Antonio Banderas. You attach them to the film. They shop it around. They see if you get the funding. You don't get the funding. Now you got to go step yeah. down. It yeah. had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, there. Oh, yeah, it's interesting because they're like, oh, we need a Countach and it can't be red because the Ferrari's red. Right. And then they come up with blue. Yeah. I think they said we need two late 80s, a Ferrari late 80s and, uh, and, a, and a Lambo late 80s. But the Ferrari late 80s with the Mondial was like, ugh. What was the Mondial? Just before we leave, horsepower on the Mondial. Ferrari Mondial, 87, I don't know. Uh, horsepower, we're going to take a guess, and we'll go 0 to 62. You want me to go first? Yeah. Yeah, you go first. At a V8. Let's see. Yeah. Mid, mid-80s, mid later 80s, 85, 86. Um, I'm going to go in the horsepower department. I'm going to go uh, 187. Okay. And I'll go 0 to 60 and... Seven seven. Okay, I I was a little more optimistic. I don't know why these numbers popped into my head, but I had two forty three horsepower and six point one zero to sixty. All right. So uh, 
1981, the Mondial 214 horsepower, and uh, 0 to 60 in 8.2. Wow, 8.2. That was 81? Was what? there an 82? Yeah. Yeah, ne- yeah, the next year it went up to 240 horsepower okay. in 6.4. Oh, oh okay. close. So, yeah. But I was like, then did it much go there. down again? <laughs> uh, like no, they... it went up the next, uh, after that, the next version, 6.3 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the next version, 5.6. Ooh, I kept going. And then All the right. horsepower is what, up to 270 something? It went up then? to 300. All right, so they I, kept I, I, upping it. Three wasn't in my head. I was 243 and 6.1. I, I think it's right at yeah, the first, first year was 8.2, zero to 60. <laughs> I can't believe. Ferrari would ever release something. Here's a question for you real quick. Is it an interesting jumping off point for a hot rod? Like you want to. No. Like do you cut it up a little bit and try to make it fast? I'd give it to the Ring Brothers, but I I, I don't think they could. There's nothing there for me. Not a good shape. All right. Tucson Rialto Theater, December 15th, doing stand up there and then off to the Tempe, uh, Arizona to uh, go to the Tempe Improv, December 16th and 17th. Going to be in Philly, January 6th and 7th at Dallas with John Popper, January 20th, 21st. Yeah. Reserve your spot. Just go to amcrawl.com and check it out. It's going to be a fun weekend. What do you got? I'm still posting some photos from the L.A. Auto Show, so if you guys want to check those out, it's uh, follow me on Motorator. So, till next time, Adam Crow for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Gather around for Halloween with Pluto TV's 31 Nights of Horror. All month long, Pluto TV is bringing you the best Halloween movies, shows, and more. Watch classic horror movies like The Grudge or The Blair Witch Project. Or scream along with your favorite stars like Ryan Reynolds in life. Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows. The best part, it's so free, it's chilling. No credit card, no sign-up, no fees. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start screaming now.